0: All right. Well, hey, good morning. I'm Mark, executive pastor here. I want to welcome you as well. And we're in this series of Proverbs. If you've been tracking with us, we are nearing the end of it. Uh, In fact, this is the last week that I get to talk to it. Charlie has reserved uh, chapter 31 for next week, uh, where we're going to close it out. And so it's been fun. It's been really fun for me to, to be studying through it and and like I see you every week, like studying it at a deeper level and really trying to understand it. I feel like this is the, the week that I kind of, for my part, get to put a, you know, a, a bow on it and, and make any comments that, that I want to make about it. And this last section, we're going to go 22 and a half uh, through chapter 30 today. And uh, there's one big thing that I feel like we it, it brings a lot of attention to and that we've missed out a little bit on. So we're going to focus most of our attention there. But there are just some really good Proverbs uh, that are in this section that I feel like if, if I didn't share them, that we would, be, we would just be missing something. And so these aren't going to go on the screen or anything, but you might jot down the, the reference, uh, maybe go back and think about it a little bit more. Because, you know, as we've been saying, they're kind of all over the place. And one, it's not like there are three in a row that are all combined. There's just these statements of truth that some, I mean, man, life-changing truth statements Uh, For instance, I I love chapter 28, verse 1. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I just love that thought. The wicked flee, even though there's no one even chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Feels like we need a t-shirt or something. Chapter 27, uh, verse 14 if This is just good wisdom. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Right? <laughs> right? Even saying something nice, to, but if you loudly say it early in the morning, that's, that, that's a curse. That's just why in marriage, that's wise. I mean, you can say something really nice to your spouse, but if you say it loudly early in the morning, it's just not going to be received. Uh, this is one that probably, uh, maybe even I heard as a, in, as, as a youth, you know, back in uh, student ministry. And I, but I, I feel like throughout life I've seen it repeated. I've seen it true for me and I've seen it true for others. Chapter 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Is that not true? And is it not? A, uh, it's a gross word picture, right? I mean, to think about. But if you've watched a dog do that. It is exactly what people do. It's exactly what I have done. I, this thing that I do that I know is wrong, it's crazy how I'll return and come back to it. Even though it didn't get good results the first time and it didn't get re- good results the second time, I just keep on going back to that thing. Uh, so true. Uh, chapter twenty-six, fifteen. a sluggard buries his hand in the dish and is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. A sluggard. That's how bad it is. He reaches and grabs the pizza, but he doesn't even bring it to his mouth. He just holds it in the box. 2620. Without wood, a fire goes out. And without gossip, a quarrel dies down. You want to stop a quarrel? We'll quit, you know, talking behind folks' backs, because that's the fire that lights the fire that causes the quarrel. That you want to stop it, stop your gossip. <clears throat> Chapter 25, 16. If you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it, and you will vomit. <laughs> just, that, just just good truth. <laughs> chapter, and I like honey, so there I needed that. Uh, chapter 25, 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. Counterintuitive, right? If your enemy's thirsty, Give him water to drink. We we like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. This is, man, they're hungry. Take care of them. Love on them. Provide for them. In doing this, you heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Isn't that crazy? That's just a crazy truth. Like you really want to get your enemy, you really want to get him good, love him changes the whole game. And I've seen that happen. I I've, I've seen people get mad because they want you to, you know, to come at back with them with the anger that they you're coming at, with at you with. And when you come back with love, it's like, "Whoa, you, I don't know what to do with that." It says the Lord will reward you. Now this is another one, uh, if, if parents, if you're looking for memory verses for your kids, I actually made a packet of memory verses for my boys and told them I would pay them for each one of those that they really committed to memory. And if they come back uh, a week later and still have it, I will, I will pay again. I'll pay again a month later if you got some of these verses down. So I've got a pretty good list. And this one, I think I got double pay if you got this one down. Chapter 30, verse 17, the eye that mocks the father... That scorns the aged mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley and will be eaten by the vultures. <laughs> yes, that's a good t-shirt. Uh, chapter 30, uh, verse 33. As the churning of cream produces butter and as the twisting of the nose produces blood, so the stirring up of anger produces strife. I just like that he calls out, if you twist somebody's nose, blood flows, Right? I mean, it's, these are some, just some, some really good truth statements. But the big thing from this section that's brought to light and that, uh, you know, various other verses throughout Proverbs to this point has talked about is how critical it is to be truthful, to be an honest person, to be a truth teller, to be trustworthy. And um, it's interesting because this section start out, starts out with 30 sayings of the wise, which we've already had all of these Proverbs, but here it says, verse uh, chapter 22, verse 20, have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth so that you will bring back truthful reports for those you serve. These are 30 specific sayings, and a big part of the reason for these sayings is to teach you to be honest and to speak the truth. I feel like I, I, I want a, a bit of an apology if you were here last week. I, I shared a story about an interrogation training that I was at. And I didn't mean to leave us on a cliffhanger. But evidently I did because I've gotten a lot of people asking me this week, did the guy live? Did he get back with his kids? He did. He ended up, they, uh, they let him go but they promised that they were going to come get him again and it's caused some more trouble he was reunited with his kids but they left the country and probably can never go back so uh so sorry for that didn't mean to do that uh, also in this interrogation training one of the big things that they were trying to teach is that you know it was okay to tell a lie and the whole thought there was if you're in some kind of situation where you know, it's life or death, or you're protecting somebody from, from death. Like, say someone comes into your home, and you know they're coming in to do harm, and they ask you if your other family members are in the house. It, it, are you in that situation? Do you say yes, or do you, or do you lie and say no? And uh, it kind of goes back. I told you one time about another interrogation training I was at, something similar, where they were asking the same thing about stealing. You, you've been abducted. They're taking you across a road, and there's a vehicle that you can steal and save yourself. Do you steal? And all the people I was with, I was with in that training was like, no, you can't steal. I'm like, y'all crazy? Yes, you steal. Yes, you steal. If, if there's some, some lie that, that protects life, what? You think God's going to be mad at you because you lied in that situation? But here's the thing. Most of us, hopefully, will never find ourselves in any of those situations. And the lying that we do, the shading of the truth that we do, the sugarcoating that we do, the pretending that we do, day in and day out, those lies, God hates them. We saw that back in chapter 6 where he said, uh, six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, and a lying tongue. And there's way too much of it in our lives. I think so much that we don't even realize it. So I want to bring attention to this today uh, with three kind of big thoughts. The first is that the truth is really, really valuable, and we need to value it. Look what it says, Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. Buy truth, don't sell it. And that's just a good picture for us. You know, you think about, I hear everybody talking right now about the housing market. And, you know, it's a time, man, I mean, you want to be selling. You don't necessarily want to be buying. Other things, you know, I mean, there's a time that you can get something at a really good value. Buy now, buy now. If it's something that's really rare, that, that's hard to find, and then you find it. Now, okay, yeah, you buy it now because you may not get it again. Uh, most of these examples I was thinking about from our life have to do with food. Uh, So I apologize for that, but uh, there's just some things that I know if I go to a restaurant and it's on the menu, I buy it. Mole. Does anybody like mole? That chocolatey, spicy Mexican sauce that you hardly ever find. But if I walk into it, I found it the other day, walked into the restaurant. In fact, somebody had told me that this one place had it, so we went there, and sure enough, they had it. And yeah, it was a horrible burrito, but it was covered in mole. Now I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to ask him if I can just buy the mole. When you find something like that, there's a few things that Terry knows. if, If we're somewhere and it's there, it's so rare to find that I really don't even care what it costs. Just buy it because we're not going to see it again because it's rare. It's hard to find. Kit Kats, dark chocolate Kit Kats. Dark chocolate. have anybody ever had a dark chocolate? And it's not a not normal Kit Kat. I like dark chocolate, and they're hard to find. But we know there's a dark chocolate Kit Kat in a convenience store, which we don't normally buy the candy. But if it's a dark chocolate Kit Kat, it's always a yes. And it's always like the super pack, too, not just the one, because we're going to kill it, because those things are incredible. I had a friend the other day say, hey, if you're passing through Lake Village down southeast corner of the state, there's some tamale place there called Rhoda's. Anybody ever eaten at Rhoda's? I looked it up. The reviews are incredible. The place looks really shady. But my friend says that if you're going to eat tamales, you got to go to Rhoda's. So I'm going to plan a trip around Lake Village, Rhoda's. Because it's rare to find a place that has really good tamales. So I'm I'm going to do it. Truth is rare. And we look for it because there's so much going on out there that is just opinion and it's lies and it's shaded. And when you find something that's true... It's rare. And you buy. It's also really valuable. You know, you buy things when you find out that this is a great value. Like, what you get for what you pay, it makes sense that we should move now. Uh, in fact, Terry and I were watching some comedians last night talk about this with uh, Sam's and Costco and places like that. Like, we end up buying way more because you get getting the You know, you get, well, but it's such a good deal. I really don't need 400 rolls of toilet paper, but, you know, look at the price. You know, we got a teacup chihuahua that that weighs five pounds and that eats about this much dog food, but we might be tempted to buy the 100-pound bag of dog food because it's just such a good deal per pound. We might as well do it. We probably won't even get to it, but, you know, because it's such a good value, and truth is valuable. And so when you find it, wherever you find it, when you find truth, you buy. But you have to recognize that it's really rare. It's not everywhere. And there's a lot of things that pose for truth that just aren't true. Rotisserie chickens. Those things are, are like under 5 bucks at Sam's. They're twice that at the grocery store. So I bought two the other. We only needed one, but I bought two cuz it was valuable. <laughs> you find truth, you buy. Something else about truth is it's really, really powerful. Uh, it says, chapter 24, verse 26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Now, the minute I say kiss on the lips, what is it? Like a, it's so powerful that even it even brings emotion. To, if I had said a kiss on the cheek, you know, uh, in the New Testament a lot of times there's this brotherly kiss. I don't even know what, what to do with that. But this is a, he said a kiss on the on the lips. It's the reason why, you know, you're hanging out, somebody might say, hey, yeah, what what was your first kiss? Tell me about your first kiss. If you've had a first kiss, you remember that moment. That was was a powerful moment. I got a horrific story. The back of a school bus on a school trip in a truth or dare game, where the girl before me was dared to dip some snuff, and then I was dared to kiss her after she dipped it. That's what happens when you grow grow up in small-town Arkansas right there. (laughs) But got totally redeemed because I remember clearly the first uh, time that I kissed Terry on the lips. And it was like I'd stuck my finger in a light socket, right? Eight billion volts running down my spine. Powerful. So whatever your story is, this is an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. It's intimate It's powerful. It's really rare, you know? The other thing about about this this topic is that lies are really, really destructive. And we might pretend and play around like lies are no big deal, uh, shading the truth a little bit, like it'll be okay. Maybe maybe we even have convinced ourselves at times that it will be helpful helpful to the situation, that it would help others or help us, that the end would be better if I'll just not tell the truth. But y'all, the truth that you should buy and not sell is that lies are really destructive. Look at this. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruins. Works ruin. It's, it's, it's going to hate those. It's going to bring hurt. And look, I'll use this flattering. So just Saying kind words that aren't really true, puffing it up, the situation up, it only causes ruin. It might look good for a moment, but it ends really poorly. Chapter 26, verse 18, it says, Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. I mean, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking a maniac. It makes me think about those war scenes, those old movies, you know. I, I always picture what it would be like to be the gladiator, or be in, that, be in that fight, and I think that just having a sword in my hand, and a shield, and like hand-to-hand combat, that's one thing. But all every time, right in those movies, there's that scene where the archers step out, and the sky goes black. And a lot of times they have, you know, they have the, the, the arrows on fire, and the, they're coming in the sky, and they're falling, and the guys are standing there, and, like, one goes down, and this guy goes down, and this guy's standing here, and you're just wondering which one of them's going to get hit. And sometimes even, you know, the, the, the team or the, the group that's firing the arrows, it's even their people that are out in the middle of the battle. It's all mixed, and it's just, it's just hurting everybody. It's just hurting everybody. That's what it's like when we lie. We just fire these arrows up in the air. <laughs> Have you ever done that when you were a kid, like, had a bow and arrow and just shot it up in the air? Not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I remember doing that and then running around trying to dodge where it was going to land. Not—that's what it's like when you lie. That's what it is. It's just a maniac firing flaming arrows of death, and it's going to cause pain. It's going to cause you pain. It's going to cause your people's pain. It's going to cause the people you think you're enemies. It's going to cause everybody. It's not going to end. It's not going to end well. Chapter twenty-six, uh, a little further on, it says, "Whoever digs a pit." will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them, speaking specifically about these lies. Okay, so you dig a pit, and then you fall into it. You roll a stone back, and it just rolls over on you. Has this not been a theme through Proverbs, that these kinds of decisions, it's like setting a landmine and then stepping on it yourself? Uh, I, think, I think I said a few weeks ago, it was like Mario Kart, dropping the banana and then rolling around the track and running right back over it again. That's, that's what, this, this is what this is. That's what a lie is. You set a trap for yourself. <laughs> you know, um, as I said last week, I'm trying to teach Brennan, who's getting ready to turn 16, how to drive. And sure enough, this last week, we're, we're out. Um, we, he's driving down. There's a car coming. And uh, evidently, they weren't paying attention, and the car in front of them in the other lane threw on their brakes. So now, now when that happens, right, you got a decision to make. I, I can slam on my brakes and just hope, 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 hope that I don't, I don't tag their bumper. I can slam on my brakes and then jerk the wheel to the right into the shoulder, and if I maybe miss them. Or I guess, I guess I could slam on my brakes and then jerk the wheel into oncoming traffic. Not advisable. But that's what this other person did. And sure enough, they came right into our our lane. Luckily, Brennan, man, he was cool and calm, slowed down, kind of got over to the right of the shoulder and let them recover. But I'm perfect perfect teachable moment, right? Man, whatever you're gonna do. I mean, best case scenario, stop and miss. Maybe if you have to, you pull over into the shoulder. But man, whatever you do, don't jerk left. I mean, it would be better to hit a stopped car and maybe dent the bumper than to pull into oncoming traffic and somebody coming 60 miles an hour that T-bones you right in the face. That's not going to work. Well, that's what we do when we lie. We think, oh, this is going to work. This is going to keep me from hitting the bumper. And instead, we pull right into oncoming traffic and multiply the problem. It's like, man, first thing, if you see a deer, I know we all love Bambi. And I 'm sorry, but you hit Bambi you don't you don't you don't try to miss Bambi and roll the car in the ditch and, and potentially kill yourself you, you got you got to hit Bambi and it 's going to be okay if you've seen Tommy Boy, you know it 'll get back up again all good <laughs> but 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 what gets you in trouble is if you try to avoid this issue and then you jerk the wheel and make a a bigger issue, which is what we do when we lie. We think we're we're gonna make the situation better by by just you know maybe if I just tell a little bit different if I tell that story a little bit, little bit different if I if I puff it up and make it sound better than it actually was or sometimes if I'm just like man the truth is gonna cause pain so I'm not gonna tell the truth and that'll be better it's not what you did just did was was make it worse. And I remember my, uh, my first real job out of college, I was at this point probably uh, 22, 23, and, uh, and I just realized that the work environment wasn't, wasn't really good. Uh, Terry and I were trying to figure out married life and having some struggles, and there were just a lot of personal things going on that I had decided that this environment and this job wasn't the job for me. However, I went to my boss, and didn't want to tell him that story because that story made me look kinda weak, it made, it made our situation, it made, it made me look kinda bad and us look kinda bad and so I told a different story that had some truth to it and it was mainly how everything was broken on the other side of the table, how they had the problem and that how we didn't really have any problems and the story didn't make a whole lot of sense it made a little bit of sense like i said there was a, that's, that's the worst lies are the ones that are closest to the truth right it had an element of truth but it wasn't the full picture and my boss picked it up really quick that that can't be the whole story and if that is the whole story then but you know he kind of came back at me really hard and so our relationship got broken uh, lots of lot just one thing after another after another it started to, to you know cannonball or uh, What's the word? Snowball. That's the word I'm looking for. Like cannonball. Cannonball, I guess. Anyway, so it got uh, got worse. And it was 10 years later before I finally came back and just, you know, if I was going to restore the relationship, I was going to need to tell the truth. Hey, you know that? I know it seemed weird. Well, it's because I told you a lie. This is what was really going on. And then he was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Why didn't I just tell the truth to begin with? Somehow we get convinced that the lie is going to make it better, but the lie is always going to be destructive. Chapter 19 it said, "A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish." These are these are promises. This is what happens when you lie. It may not be immediately, It may be down the road or it may be immediately, but a lie is always going to multiply, not remove the problem. Chapter 13 The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves that's what we do when we lie, it's like we cover ourselves in something stinky and then walk around and we just are a stench to everyone we come in contact with and we know it, we know that we're carrying around lies and, and half-truths and then the last thing transparency is critical this is a really interesting verse Proverbs 37 uh, and 8 because you know we've been in these, these one-line kind of statements of truth and then all of a sudden, the, there's just this prayer. And it's a proverb, but it's, but, it's, but it's a clear prayer. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty or riches, but give me only my daily bread. So there's this prayer in the proverb. And what would you pray? What would a wise prayer be? Keep falsehood and lies far from me. You know, this transparency is critical. I I spent a long time thinking about what words would make the most sense to try to communicate this very important thing. And I feel like transparency is critical is huge because transparency means that, you know, you can see through. There's no no wall built. It's not uh, sugar-coated or painted over. It's not pretending. It's just transparent. This is, this is who I am. The good, the bad, the ugly, the redeemed, <laughs> you know, the broken. My strengths, my weaknesses. This is, this is who I am. I just thought about this. I remember going to this uh, oh, this conference a few years ago, and the speaker, uh, I forgot where he had a really funny name. And I don't remember anything that he said, but he was a big old guy, and he was sweating profusely. And in the middle of the deal, he was talking about uh, just being honest. He just pulled, he had a suit on, and he just pulled back his jacket. And his belly was so big, it was kind of busting out of the shirt. And he said, there's nothing pretty about this. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, man, at least this guy's being honest, man. He's just, <laughs> he just being honest. He's being truthful about who he is in this moment, man. He's preaching truth. And I just want to be, I don't want to try to cover up or pretend. I just want to be honest. Being transparent about who you are is critical. And by critical, what I mean by that is it's life and death important. And we need to, we need to see it as that. And, uh, and, you know, we've been, since you were little, I mean, I was thinking about all the children's stories that, that talk about this. Uh, it's something like, you know, a tugboat who wants to be a speedboat. And so the book's about how they're a tugboat, and they don't want to be the tugboat. They want to be the speedboat, so they try to pretend to be the speedboat, but they're a horrible speedboat because they're a really good tugboat, but they don't want to be a tugboat. Speedboat couldn't be a tugboat, but a tugboat can be a speedboat. Speedboats try to do the tugboat thing, and they fail, and the tugboat tries to do the speedboat thing, and they fail. And so the whole book is about, you know, you're trying to teach your kid, you, you just, hey, listen, you just need to embrace who you are. Be, be the tugboat and be a good tugboat, and own being the tugboat. And that's, that's right, and that's good. That's what God wants from us. He made you, you. And it's beautiful, and it's perfect, and it's not like everybody else, but you need to be you, and just be transparent about who you are. I remember uh, in high school, my one and only attempt at, at snowboarding, me and a buddy went to this place, and we dressed the part. I, don't, I know you've done this, you may not admit it but you know, I, I, I tried to you know, pretend to be something that you weren't necessarily like we were we wanted to play the part of snowboarders and so we had seen what snowboarders look like so we found some stuff and we put the garb on and we even like altered some things that we had to, to really look like snowboarders. I got about a hundred yards down the first slope Thought I had a concussion, laid back on the on the ground and was just trying to catch my breath, thinking how quickly can I get in to check these the snowboard in to get skis because this is not gonna happen. I'm recovering and these two guys Boom 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 they're doing flips and tricks and things and then they <laughs> slide down and sit down beside us. They start talking to us and we're just kinda, you know, talking a little bit about the day, it's a beautiful day, yeah. And then they're like they use some, you know, snowboard word to say that they wanted to join us for the day. And me and my buddy kind of looked at each other and we looked back at him, it's our first day. Oh, okay, dude. And they were out, you know? (laughs) I mean, I guess in that moment we could have said, oh yeah, 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 we'll shred with you. How long would it have taken before it was shown for who we were, right? We, We weren't that. We're just playing a game. Most of us, that's what we do. There's this idea of who we wish we were, or who we think we should be, or the person that we think other people would like. And so we pretend to be that. And all along, underneath it, there's you. And who God made you is incredible. If you just be that. And, um, uh, for what it's worth that's what this place is that's, that's that's what church is it's not a place where perfect people come together and and compare their perfections if, if that was true then we wouldn't need jesus it's a place where people have recognized that they're broken and that they need him and the perfect one redeems and begins to make us better. And as we make, as we go along that journey, we do, it, we do it together. And so there's no pretending. That's why you come here. You don't come here to pretend. We come here to be honest with one another. This is the place that we get to turn the lights on of truth and evaluate ourselves and move forward and let him do that work in us. And we do it in community. You do it in small groups. That's the reason it's so critical. These are things you can't do alone at home. If you're alone at home, you begin to rationalize and find ways to make your lies acceptable and believe them. But when you're in a group with people who love you, who tell you the truth, who don't flatter with their tongue, who don't tell you lies, and you share life together, then truth starts to come to the surface and you start to actually grow who you really are and who he really wants you to be. That's what church is about. That's what we're doing here. Transparency is critical. In places where you're not transparent, it only multiplies the the issue, the destruction of the the lie. Chapter 12, verse 19, I, I just like this. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The seed is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but He delights in people who are trustworthy. Joy, the Lord delights. truthful lips endure forever. The good stuff, the life is found in that place of transparency of being truth-tellers to one another, of being honest and open and authentic. And that's that's what this place is about. Let me pray that it would be true for us.